Good evening and welcome back to the 20th edition of the It's Not Orange podcast. Tonight we'll be looking back at Saturday's 1-1 draw away at Oxford and previewing Cheltenham at home tomorrow night at Bloomfield Road. We have had a failure uh, to attend to turn up um, from our guest at Cheltenham this evening. However, we'll be giving our thoughts on the Oxford game and, and giving our thoughts ahead of tomorrow in terms of how we think we should set up. And our thoughts on tomorrow's opponents. Uh, let me start by introducing you to Hoggy. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good, thank you. Tom, yourself? Yeah, all good. Thank you very, mate. very did much. Did you have a nice and birthday Martin? over the weekend, Tom, by the way, just to jump in? I did, mate. I, I watched... Uh, well, I didn't, I didn't. Saturday, Saturday um, was spent listening to the game and then... I missed the goal because I thought we've lost and I, I turned the phone off, went out with the wife. Um, and then I watched the rugby afterwards. So quite too disappointing um, endings to uh, the football and the rugby in, in the sense of missing the goal and losing the last minute uh, after being in defeat, uh, being ahead in, in the rugby. But we move on um, and we focus on tomorrow, I suppose. Birthdays don't mean much past 30. Would you believe it? I don't look 30, do I? I do really, but... <laughs> Uh, more 40. Um, how you doing, Mark? Yeah, when I get to 30, I'm going to give up as well. So, uh, no, I'm I'm back from my COVID-induced misery. Yeah, sure. Thank you, Jordan Rhodes. He cheered me up. But, yeah, good good evening, everybody, wherever you're listening. Yeah, we'll start tonight um, in reverse as to how we usually do it. Hoggy, um, a, a pretty decent um, point away from home. On Saturday, um, I thought overall potentially Oxford might have been there for the take and the way we kicked on in the second half. But after the first half, it was a, a decent draw. But we'll start by going through the initial lineup because it had an inclusion of a player which which surprised a lot of us. Um, Grimshaw, Pennington, Casey, husband made up the back four as, as usual with Dale and Hamilton retaining their place at wing back. Dougal and Carey retained their place from the Charlton game, but Norburn missed out due to injury. And Oakley Booth started with Kowasi and Rhodes um, leading the line. Um, Clearly, probably like yourself, Hoggy, um, surprised when Dash and Oakley Booth was named in the starting lineup. Yeah, very much so. Um, I, I, I think I struggled to find a Blackpool fan who, who wasn't surprised um, to, to see him start um, ahead of you know players like Dembele, Morgan, Weir um, in, in that position. Um, Again, you could argue in terms of Carey, also potentially a couple of question marks around his performances recently in terms of his impact. But it, it's, I think it's fairly clear and obvious now that, that Critchley trusts Carey in his role. Uh, we've, we've been on a decent run with him in the team. So um, so he maintained his place. Um, and I think the biggest thing with, with, with Oakley Booth was you know, it's a real test to throw him straight in for, for his first league start for us um, against you know, one of the perceived better footballing teams in, in this division. Uh, but Critchley trusted him and, uh, and I think he did, did do OK over the 90 minutes. Okay, we'll come back to his performance very shortly, Martin. I was just going to kind of grab hold of Hoggy's point there and just sort of suggest what does that say about currently how Critchley feels about Morgan and Weir when Weir signed obviously he was one of these players which were really excited by clearly Morgan weren't the best side in terms of pushing for promotion but he did show his you know ability on the ball 10 goal contributions with Morgan and scored some cracking goals and broke up play quite well but done the attacking side really well his background is obviously from Brighton very footballing side um but was that the right man to bring in? Bear in mind, Norburn is is that key man in midfield to break teams up, and and probably Oakley Booth is a more suited character towards that. Or, or, or what do you think it says? I think what it says is that 
Critchley probably in a way agrees with what we said last week on the pod that there is a midfield place up for grabs and he can't nail it down. He can't he can't find that third cog in the wheel to play every single week. Um, you know, there's there's a there's definitely a place up for grabs. But yeah, he probably is more combative, if that's the word, a bit more robust. But um he's a bit like I don't know, Chris is a little bit like a sort of football manager version of Simon Cowell. He kind of takes people from obscurity puts them in the limelight, they'll probably take him out again. You'll never see him for three months. Do you know what I mean? Like he'll just disappear and say, right, there you go. There's your chance. Oh, right. You've had your chance like Dominic Thompson. See you later. But yeah, I would never have picked um, Oakley Booth. I would never have even considered that as an option. Um, and it, and it, as it panned out, it, he could have played anybody else really, couldn't he? I mean, is it, is it his first game? And and it obviously took him a lot of time to settle as we'll, as we'll discuss, but it was a major surprise for me. But I, I just think it underlines that, in January, there is a there is room for a big midfield signing. I think. Yeah, Hoggy, that, that, I suppose that's a really good point. And the more we start to rotate, and, and it's needed clearly because you know we've got a lot of football still to play between now and the and the January window, and we could see ourselves you know below where we are at the moment, or if we kick on with the consistency we have, we should see ourselves in the playoffs, and rightly so with our next sort of run of games. But Oakley Booth got given his chance, and actually, you know, some play, some fans called him tidy over the weekend. Some called him quite poor. But at the end of the day, he hasn't started a league game for us yet, or, or a league game in a very long time. He's still very young. He's twenty-three. Um, although his rating wasn't amazing, his stats behind it were were pretty decent. So, twenty-seven out of twenty-seven passes found their man. Whether they're you know backwards, forward, sideways, whatever people want to say to him, he's very tidy on the ball. Didn't touch the ball all that often. Actually, one of the lowest touches in the middle of the park, which says to me that he probably wasn't as combative as potentially Critchley wanted. Um, passes into the final third was only two. Um, hit two accurate long balls, but won all of his tackles. Um, he won three out of his five duels. He won one out of two aerial duels and he recovered the ball four or five times in the middle. Um, he played, I think tidy is quite a nice word for him, really. I think if you if you go by those stats for a first start, we can't expect him to be at the level of Norburn's fitness and experience. Um, and he's had minutes in the cup previously. Whether, I mean, you could you could argue he did a good enough job and, and you know, he, he, he impressed. But at the same time, do, do you feel he did anything wrong um, being the, the centre point in the midfield? Not really. I, th- I think the fact that you talked about his his retention of the ball starts there in terms of how many times he did it in the game and how many times has Critchley gone on about that in matches and before and after matches this season. If we've got the ball, the opposition can't score. Um, so I, I, I fundamentally believe that's where Critch has, has put his, his confidence and trust in Oakley Booth from at the weekend to get him that start. And yeah, I think I think Neil Neil be very positive with what he saw from him. Um, in comparison to the players that we mentioned who maybe we might have started ahead of him, you know, Morgan, Dembele, Weir, would they have had that same ability to retain the ball and compose play in the midfield against Oxford over 90 minutes? Maybe not. Okay, you said there wasn't that many passes forward into the final third, but I don't think that Critchley was looking at Tash Nokleboev on Saturday to be the player to make that happen. That wasn't what Critchley wanted him to do. Um, Tash Nokleboev did what was asked of him. Okay, the first half, as as Critch has alluded to, we, we we weren't quite at it in terms of um, tempo, if you like. 
but second half we could see that we we, we lifted our own game uh, started pressing further forward 10 15 yards um, and that had a really positive effect and 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 left with left us feeling really that we, we was probably two points dropped after the second half showing really yeah martin um Dougal, um ironically was our most attacking midfielder on saturday seven passes into the final third and and i think he had a very decent game i thought he was very energetic in the middle of the park still nipping the ball away from the sort of their players and then missing mr pond man brannigan um was was probably a benefit to us clearly because if we we're missing Norbert and they're missing Brannigan, it evens things up, so to speak. And I think they lost their talisman in the sense of their player that gets the ball ticking over. And I think um, Hoggy raises a really good point. Did, did did Neil want him just to keep the ball ticking over? And there's so many times in the past where even Norbert in early stages of the season, Morgan and Weir are trying to hit that Hollywood pass or trying to rush the attack and just keeping that ball ticking over in the middle was probably what he wanted. And it was actually a detriment to the wing backs in the first half where they probably weren't as impactful as they wanted to be. Did we probably not create as many chances? So I think as a fair assessment of Oakley Poof, and actually it got minute in, minutes into his legs. You know, he hasn't started a game for us other than being in the cup. And now he'll be potentially a bit more trusted to start games. And I was going to say, Martin, we'll come on to subs in a minute, but I don't want to dig Carey out, but I thought he was excellent at, at Charlton. I really did. I think he really grew into the game, but this is another one of those games where he, if you, if, if Oakley Boo's doing the ticking over and Dougal's doing the, the breaking up of play um, and not usually being the attacking component in midfield, he's probably, it's probably him, Weir or Morgan that, that we need to be the creative spark. And, he yet again found to find his feet against Oxford. Do you think that's for a particular reason or do you just think he's just lacking severe amount of confidence at the moment? It's just consistent performances. You know, we've said it before on this pod that, that Carey looks every inch. He looks very comfortable at this level in spells and looks like he's, um, you know, he has, a, he has a really powerful build for a midfielder. He's quite, quite a tallish guy, isn't he? Like, it reminds me a bit of sort of Ross Barkley in terms of his physique and the way that he can play you know, a lower division Ross Barkley, but um, he just doesn't produce it often enough. I don't know whether it's a belief thing or whether it's, um, you know, because the manager's putting confidence in him, but he he disappoints more than he um, succeeds. And and again, I, I, I think Critchley's got a bit of an issue in January because he's got to, he's got to sort of, you know, work out whether, whether we do need someone else in that position, but he, he's got all the attributes box to box, got a good engine on him. He can shoot. Um, I do think the championship at times overwhelmed him a little bit, um, but, but he should be producing, you know, eight out of 10 performances, but there's too many sixes in there, isn't there? Um, so yeah, yeah it is disappointing and I can't, I can't figure it out. And if I, if we can't figure it out, um, you know, it's down to the manager, maybe he can't, but he, he's got a lot of faith in for what he can be, but he isn't showing it on a regular basis where he's not, he's not going to nail that position down for much longer if he doesn't produce week in, week out. Yeah, yeah, okay. he was trusted to do a job again, um, but he neither was attacking or defensive, really. He lost seven jewels. Um, he lost most of his aerial jewels and lost one out of six of his ground jewels as well. Only had one shot and recovered the ball a couple of times in the midfield. Screams really passenger at the moment, doesn't it? Oh, oh, that spark he had under Critchley in the first time is probably clutching onto that a little bit more now and I don't know in January if it'd be better for him to go to a I don't think League 2 is his level of course but maybe a 
a different league one team or maybe somewhere else. I'm not I'm not sure the answer. It, it, will dropping him now after he's kept faith to his confidence even worse? But you've got to look at the bigger picture, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, going back to, to what Martin was said, I don't think it's a confidence thing. Um, it, he's confident. Um, Is it a system thing? Does, does you play somewhere else? I don't think he can play anywhere else at the minute. I think Dale and Hamilton have pretty much nailed down the wide spots. And then we've Martin's already said there's only really one spot for grabs in the middle, and that's the one. Um, and if you're going off like chances created and you know, dangerous balls into the final third. You look at, uh, and I'm going to talk about Dembele later on, you, you look how many we created in the last 10-15 minutes in comparison to the time that um, that we had on the pitch. With Carey, I, I just feel he needs he needs a goal like Rhodes got against Stevenage, go off his backside or something, he's done on Rhodes meant it, but you know what I mean, with Carey, he's at the bar, he's on a few just wide, he, he just needs a 30-yarder to go in off two deflections and claim it as his own and, and hopefully that, that'll, that'll kickstart his season for him. Um, I think he has had a lot of unfair criticism, if I'm honest. Um, but when players are knocking on that door, and that is clearly the one spot that's up for grabs in the midfield, you, you've got to start chipping in with assists and, and, and creating chances and, and scoring. Does, do, do you think, we're focusing quite a lot on on young, young Sonny, but do you think he actually gives really good balance to the midfield, though? Do you think... When Dougal and Dougal and Auburn are together, he he adds that balance because, as you say, we're on that win and run with him. And I'm not going solely by stats because at Charlton, I think him coming off really impacted the game in a negative way. Um, and I don't actually think he was too bad against Stevenage, if I'm honest. I didn't think he lit up the world, but at the same time, we have to have that balance midfield, which he was screaming for the, for the first six or seven games of the season. I do. I think that's exactly what it brings. It brings balance. Whilst you've got Dougal and and Norburn doing doing the donkey work, if you like, being dragged all over, um, he, he's the one who kind of holds our shape together in the middle um, by being that anchor. Whereas already it's clear to see Dembele is a bit of a free spirit. He, he's popping up on the left. He's popping up on the right. And I don't. I don't think Critch is too keen on that in terms of having that. What could potentially create a huge gap directly down the middle of our pitch for us. Um, and again, look. If Critch didn't like him, Critch wouldn't pick him. Sim- sim- simple as that. Um, Critch sees something in him. Um, he's not been completely anonymous in any games. Far from it. Um, but I, I do agree. I think there is more to come. And if you are that number 10, you need to be getting on the score sheet or chipping in with assists. And it can't go on for for much longer. And again, going jumping ahead to January if we're in the top six and we're looking like we're going to be you know, there come the end of the season or you know, potentially in pushing for the top two, Realistically, Lickle, we've got to be looking at one eye on potentially championship standard players. And I know Martin alluded to it. We were absolutely all over the place in midfield last year in the championship. So lots of questions to be, to be answered in a, in a positive light going forward if we, we, we keep moving the way we are. Yeah, absolutely. We'll move on from talking about Sonny Kerry and, and, and talk about um, Oxford's first goal. Hoggy, I'll stay with you. Um, if you look at the extended highlights, I've watched the game back. It's a game that Oxford controlled fairly early doors. We didn't really take the game to them. Bit of a slow burner, Martin's described previously. Um, Oxford grew into the game a little bit more. Greg Lee, the, their goal scorer, got his fifth of the season um, f- from the back post. A goal we've conceded probably few, uh, too many times this season. Bristol Rovers comes to mind. Um, also the second goal for them. 
they move the ball really quickly. I think they control the ball really well in the middle of the park. I think their their wing backs did a really good job, or their wingers did a really good job. Neat passes within the middle. A couple of lapses of concentration from each wing back cost us the goal. But sometimes you have to say they move the ball really well, and we just probably weren't alert to it. I don't think there's anything to worry about there. But well worked goal from their point of view, and 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 a wing back who's who's banging form. Disappointing overall to concede from our point of view, as it is when you concede any goal. Um, but that's what you get at League One. Sometimes lapses of concentration on the overall our defence have been pretty solid. Um, what was your thoughts on the goal? Um, I'm just delighted that you've come to me after I've said that Dale and Hamilton have nailed down their places and they were the two clearly at fault for the goal. So cheers that's for that one. That's why I stayed there. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you, you, I think you summarised it fairly well. Um, lapses in concentration, Siege doesn't get out quick enough. Uh, we've, had, we've probably before that in the build that played a couple of chances to, to nick it if we put an actual proper tackle in. There's a couple of half-hearted you know, little foot in here and there, um, and 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 Dale, yeah, feel for him. He, he he glanced over his shoulder, sees his man for some reason. His his head's working, but his legs aren't. Uh, his man's just got half a yard on him, and as soon as he's connected with the ball, Dale's got his hands in his head already. He's he's gutted. Um, but again, you said that you know Oxford's two wing backs going forward are good. So are ours. No, they're not they're not there to defend, and that's the risk that we take. In, in this league playing this system realistically um, we know Hamilton and Dale aren't on the pitch for their defensive qualities in the last few weeks in their defence they've done very very well um, and the reality is against the, the more uh, the teams with better quality in League One we, we will take chances like that and we, we will be punished so that was a chance we take we, we took we got caught out but like I say overall first half despite us being um, very much not up to our usual standard that was the only shot on target they had so I don't think the first half was quite as bad as what people made out, but it was clear to see we, we'd absolutely um, lost all of our attacking intent to try and counteract Oxford's shape. But unfortunately, on this this occasion, we were caught out with our two wing backs just being a split second off it. Yeah, Martin, we didn't we didn't have any momentum really in the first half. Um... I think we kept the shape fairly well, but ultimately we invited a lot of pressure and if they had a couple of their key players back, the, the scoreline, and in fairness, whether we would have sat back as much if they had better players in the middle of the park is another question, of course, but I'll take I'll take it as it was and we didn't have any shots in the first half at all. Um, they kept us fairly quiet and they, they gained momentum anywhere between sort of the 30 and 40 minute mark, obviously getting the goal and building on that a little bit. Hoggy's already said it. They had, they had a couple of shots, I think, on target. One, the goal, and one was a was a fairly comfortable save. Overall, despite them having a lot of the ball, we we did stop them doing the damage that they've previously previously done in this league, winning nine out of eleven before before we turned up. Yeah, I mean, I think we gave them too much respect. I think I think that there's a lot of trepidation maybe going there with the record they've got and the way they've been playing, the free scoring. Um, you know, Liam Manning's completely, as we talked about last week, has completely changed their fortunes around last season. They were dire, especially at home. They lost a ton of home games. Totally different proposition this season. I just think we gave them a bit too much respect. I think we we kind of... I've noticed this a lot with us this season, is that we... I think maybe we get to half-time and they, they maybe have a chat in the dressing room and the players think to themselves, actually, these aren't quite as good as we thought. And maybe we've been a little bit too passive. We should be getting into these quicker. Do you know what I mean? Because then they, they, yes, Oxford are a good side, but as you say, they, they were missing Brannigan. And I'd forgotten about him until half time. And I said to my friend, I said, bloody hell, 
So Brannigan Derby and he's not even playing, but but he sticks out like a sore thumb when he's missing because he's he's a threat, isn't he? You know, goal threat and, and he is their talisman. I just think we gave him a bit too much respect and 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 we didn't we didn't ever look like being ripped apart, but we never ever got anywhere near their goal. So you had a very boring half of football, which we've seen a lot this season. Um and as we'll go on to say, I think is a typical Critchley away performance because at half time they woke up and thought, actually, we can get into these, as the fans probably realised and the rest is history because it was better, wasn't it? Yep, absolutely. Um, and and we'll come on to talk about the second half now. Um, rocket up the arse, uh, a, a telling off, a realization, as Martin's already said, that maybe we 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 realised they aren't that great, um, Hoggy. But in the second half, we had nine shots, um, two coming after the seventieth minute, um, two two before that, um, which was Jordan Rhodes um, and. Uh, Carey, um, weirdly enough, talking about him from outside the box, Rhodes from just inside the box as well. But in the second half, we absolutely peppered their goal after the substitutions were made, and we start to grow into the game a little, you know, bit by bit, didn't we? And I think we realised, maybe, like I said, maybe that was the part of the game plan: contain, maybe not to concede, of course, but you know, maintain and contain them, of, um, and then and then put our foot on the pedal maybe for the last 20 minutes or so. Suppose there's a question really, did the subs come too late or, or, or did they come at the correct time? Because last 10 minutes or so, we we, we peppered the goal. Um, and I said they, they had one shot um, off target, which was Bowden's strike from outside of the area, which flew about seven yards off um, at, over the bar. Nine shots, three on target from us um, so, and some big chances as well. So do you think Critchley got his game plan spot on or do you think the subs came a bit too late? Um, <clears throat> he didn't get it spot on because he didn't win. Um, he got it very close to being right, I'd, I'd say that much. Uh, when you look at the subs, Lavery came on in the 60th minute for Kwasi, like for like, so not changing the style or formation or, as such. So going back to that rocket up the arse they got at half-time, he was clearly happy with what he'd seen from the players out there. And again, Let's be mindful. This is Oakley Booth's first game for a long time. He kept him on there, so you know, potentially getting leggy. But we were that dominant. I think Critch would have found it hard to make changes any earlier than than what he did. Really, um, again, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? We'll we'll never know. But to have two chances before and two chances after the sub says he probably just about got it right. Um, but I do think the subs will have given him, and I know we'll talk about this shortly as well, much more to think about with with, with Tuesday night coming up. I, th- I think the subs made a big enough impact to say, yeah, let's let's change things up on on Tuesday and, and make sure that we don't have a 45 minutes like we did on Saturday um, in, in any games moving forward because we really don't need to. There's genuinely not a team in this league that, that, that we should be worried about at all. It is a... <sighs> I'd say a very very poor league, um, but barring a handful of teams, there's there's really not that many teams I'd, I'd be worried about at all. Where we we have to change our approach drastically enough to a game in a match to worry about anyone, in my opinion. Martin, I take I take Hoggy's point and, and and accept it. I don't think it's arrogant to say that. We shouldn't be scared of anyone in this league. I think Portsmouth are absolute a different beast, if I'm honest. They've found that consistency under their new manager and they may hit a blip of form, don't get me wrong. They they do look monstrous at the moment. But 
I've watched a few of their games back on Sky, extended highlights, etc. They have still looked vulnerable at points and teams haven't taken their chances, which says more about this league than does Portsmouth. I think if they conceded more in in, in, in the games and they, they, you know, they could have fallen to their first defeats of the season. But I think, I think hockey's right. I don't think we have to exasperate all of our energy attacking teams from the off, but at the same time, we need to, we could, we could have attacked Oxford a lot earlier and, 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 in the first half, of course, not having a single shot and and rattled their cages a little bit. And the moment we get one and Hamilton starts picking them off when they're on the attack, we start to we start to flex our muscles a little bit. So do you think that says quite a lot about Critchley in terms of his mindset? Do you think he's rather safe and then he'll go for it to kill teams off? Or do you think he needs to be a bit more aggressive? It's really hard to find that balance, isn't it? He first time around we didn't concede a, a ton of we sorry, we didn't score a ton of goals, did we? And that's just kind of his his approach. And we want to see gung ho f- football in some respects, but if we start to grow and he's already said it, it was the opposite to the Charlton game where we turned it on in the second half more so than losing it. I think the point I'm trying to make is, do you think he's learning on the go or do you think he's going to keep to that style and we'll just get better and better as time goes on and therefore we won't need to be reactive and more more so we can just maintain leads when we get them? Yeah, I think context and the opposition are, are, are very important, especially for Crixley. We talked about it before, about how he maybe thinks about the opposition too much. But, but Oxford, you know, in the first half, maybe wasn't the time to go gung-ho and he just kind of held it a little bit. Um and, and felt them out a little bit and okay it didn't work we gambled a little bit with with or, or we lost the gamble with the with the with the wing backs and the goal and hoggy got that spot on before when he said that it is you know for someone who's maybe not um a gung-ho manager playing two wing backs um like we do in the with the personality picks week in week out is a gamble every single week and you will occasionally concede a goal like that but um I, I just think that he he does take into into account the opposition a lot, and, and Oxford maybe wasn't the game, or the first half wasn't. To, you know, you can easily you can easily go to Oxford and, and be two nil down at half time, and I wouldn't have fancied our chances to come back from two nil down. Do you know what I mean? It's difficult, isn't it, for anybody in that, in that sort of game to come back from two down against a side, or they've only got to get one on the break, and then you you're done for. Um, but I think second half again, they're just the realization that we can compete with them and that we're better. I think the the the, the attitude in a game like Tuesday, as we'll come on to, has got to be, I think it has got to be, go for it from the start and stamp your authority on it. You know, we're a, a big team in this league, in inverted commas, compared to most of the teams we play. And you have to have that identity and that sort of confidence and the swagger to to, to get into them. Like like Bolton started the season like a house on fire, didn't they? Dismantling teams, um, it slowed down for them a little bit. But we, I think he just, I think he picks and chooses when to go for it and when to be a bit more reserved. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think most managers do that, really. Um, you, you pick your times. You can easily come on. You can lose a game card after 45 minutes. You don't win many away from home after 45 minutes. So, so no, I think the approach is right and not too surprising, really. Okay. Um, Hoggy, Lavery on at 60 minutes. Um, Morgan and Dembele on at 79. Three substitutions and three... Oh, maybe a being exaggerative here but three huge impacts in my opinion I don't think it was Kowasi's game he did disrupt the play a little bit on a few headers here and there but for me for me, it wasn't his game unless you disagree it wasn't one of those where he had a, a massive impact on there apart from keeping the centre-backs guessing that'd be a game where he learned a little bit more than he gave out in my opinion but Lavery came on actually disrupted their defence quite a lot and started to create quite a few chances didn't he and he really probably added 
a different gear to the performance. And I will say for 60 minutes onwards, and I know you've said it and pre, pre, pre starting this pod, you think Critchley's comments were spot on. We've got loads of gears to go through, haven't we? I thought we were fairly comfortable where we were. But when you look back at the stats and look back at the performance, other than that second goal, it was it was pretty decent, wasn't it? Like nine shots in that in the last, or seven shots are in the last half an hour. Lavery really making a nuisance of himself in the box, putting the ball across to Rhodes. I know he had a poor touch, which went out for a corner, but he he really changed the game for me in terms of introducing then Morgan and Dembele a bit later on. Yeah, um, I, 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 say, I, I agree with Critch for the first time in a long time. I think he got his summary spot on. Um, I don't think a team will go to Oxford and do what we did to them. Like I say, we, without winning, like I said nine, nine shots on top, well, nine shots. Sorry, in the second half against Oxford, I don't think another team will do that this season. Um, but the way we created chances as well, um, the, the subs played into that. We, we spoke before about um, Carey maybe in the linchpin probably impacts his game a little bit in terms of he maybe doesn't get as close to, to Dale or Hamilton at times to play a little one-twos around the corner. Whereas you saw when Dembele came on, he was getting nice and tight to CJ playing one-twos, um, slicing the back three open with balls in behind for, for Rhodes, to, Rhodes to run onto, but also Lavery as well. Um, and, and just coming back to Kouassi, I, I think Critch will drop him, if I'm honest. And I don't want to get too far into Tuesday's lineup, but I, I do think Lavery will start on Tuesday. Um, not just say based solely on Kouassi's performance against Oxford. I just think he'll, he'll rest him. I think he'll be more um, useful coming off the bench against Cheltenham, uh, potentially cause Peter more problems the following Saturday. Um, so I expect to see Lavery start him. Um, and, I, and I hope he gets a goal because I think his performances when he's come on recently have deserved it. Uh, we know he'll run himself into the ground and if he can do that in and alongside Jordan Rhodes, then again, as Kouassi has done at times this season, I think they'll form a, a really strong partnership up top um, and I do think Dembele will come in as well um, and I think he'll he'll cause tons of problems for, Ch- for Cheltenham on Tuesday night. I think he'll be really pleased with the 15 minutes that he had or so when he came on on Saturday. Um, neat, tidy, confident, um, always looking forward, creating chances. I think Critch will be delighted what he sees. And I'd, I'd like to think Critch will give him that opportunity on Tuesday. Yeah, I, I do completely agree. And we'll, we'll give our thoughts on the lineup in a minute. I just want to, there's, there's three things we need to work. So we haven't talked about the goal yet. Um, but, but that was the last piece of action of the game. So Martin, I'll come on to talk about Dembele then Morgan because Morgan deserves from very decent airtime. He was superb coming off the bench on Saturday. But we'll talk about Dembele and it's been a while since we've had two players like Rhodes and Dembele. I appreciate their polar opposites in terms of age. Um, but Dembele is playing with with complete freedom at the moment. Um, as soon as he came on, he sat in the pocket. He, he nipped towards Hamilton, like, like Hoggy said, to play those one-twos. He dropped deep almost to the centre midfield and played one of the most delicious balls we've seen this season in behind, didn't he? Through the through the defenders for Rhodes who couldn't quite get it over or under or towards the goal more so directly at the keeper. Some good work from Beadle in goal for them. Um, but he was that creative spark alongside the energy Lavery gave for us to really turn the cogs in this game. Yeah, he's very exciting, isn't he? So what a great option to have on the bench. You know, you, you question whether, again, is he a starter? Uh, I don't know, but what a great sub to have. Um, I, mean, I think, again, I think it depends on the opposition. Maybe Oxford wasn't the best game for him to start, but coming on when you're chasing the game, 
gives the defender something completely different to think about. Um, we've done very well to get him. Um, and, and, and finally, he's playing games that his ability deserves because he's had a long time being a bit part player, hasn't he, wherever he's been. And, and uh, he just, just gets you off your seat. That's what you pay to watch football for, isn't it? You know, you, you, we, for so long, I mean, last season, we had nobody who could do that. Nobody who got you off your seat. It was may, maybe um, Pervader occasionally. He's a similar-ish type of player, but I think he's probably better ability-wise. But someone who gets you off your seat and you think, right, when he comes on, he can make a real impact rather than a kind of hit and hope sub where you just think, oh, God, I hope this comes off. But he can do serious damage. Um, showed that against Charlton, you know, the impact that he's had. Um, he's just a really good player. Yeah, I probably would start him against Charlton as well, potentially. But yeah, yeah. And Morgan as well, very impressive. Um, there's a player in there, a bit like Carey, there's a player in there, a lot of ability. Um, you can see why Charlton fans were a bit Marmite about him. On his day, great. Off his day, yeah, not really doing it. But um, I'd, I'd start him too, maybe, potentially on, on Tuesday when we talk, talk about that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I love Dembele. He's the sort of player that I, I pay to watch football. Uh, pay, you know, that's the reason why you pay, pay your ticket, isn't it? Yeah, um, Hoggy, this might be, and I don't mind being called out on X for being the most stupid question someone probably asked on a podcast, but I had a discussion point for the fans, which I'll pose the question to on X tomorrow, is is Dembele too important off the bench or does he is, is he a player that needs to start? Um, he got himself involved in seven ground duels despite losing four of them. It shows he's ready for the battle, you know, although he's two foot one, um, he's ready, ready for those battles. Um, the chances he created for Rhodes and, and the long balls he played throughout, throughout the midfield, both long balls and in behind, shows his vision and his in his ability to read the game and actually just turn turn the screw a little bit against any side. The press he put on against Charlton to score the goal, the finish was excellent. Is he someone we need to turn to on the bench when the Eurokley booths and stuff are starting and maybe controlling the game? Is he someone we need off the bench? Or do you think we can do serious damage with him starting games and then we bring on other players to consolidate a lead? I, I wholeheartedly agree. Why, why would you disadvantage yourself by leaving him on the bench? Especially against, with the greatest respect, teams like, like Cheltenham at home. Um, I appreciate we started against Derby and it didn't work out whatsoever, but I don't think Critch got that game right at all. He was bullied um, and he got, we set up wrong, didn't yeah. we? You agree, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, but like Mike said, is, is he a starter? Well, we've just sat here and argued about the number 10 role in Carey and, and Dembele created more chances in 15 minutes than Carey's played only in three or four games. So I don't really see what more Dembele can do coming off the bench um, if you kind of forgive him the 45 minutes against Derby because he was very good in the second half as well um, when we did get going it's a somewhat a stupid uh, a stupid question I get it but at the same time like no, it's, it's not to be fair because Mike makes a good point if a game's going wrong you need someone to come off the. you, you probably yeah. would rather turn around and have a Dembele there rather than a, that's a, a exactly Morgan with a great respect. I absolutely get it but in this league yeah. like we said before why should we worry too much about the opposition and not play our, our strongest start in 11 or cross creative start, start in 11 knowing that we have goals in this team up front in terms of Kuasi Lavery and Rhodes why are we not making chances especially mm. at home games against these I couldn't, I couldn't give a damn who rolls up in league one against us at Bloomfield Road I'd be going all out attacking them and, and, and hammering them left, right and centre. And if we need to... Do you turn... think the problem with Dembele though, Hoggy, do you think the problem with him that maybe if he doesn't start a game too well, a player like him, they don't have an impact in the first 15, 20 minutes, it very quickly tails off? That's my um, worry about him, is that maybe he is a confidence player. If he doesn't get, if he doesn't get into the game in the first 15, 20 minutes, you're not going to take him off that early, uh, but maybe you've lost his impact. Uh, go on, Tom. 
No, I just didn't want to speak on behalf of Hoggy there, but this is where I completely disagree because the Derby game was, he was, before coming off, the highlight of our team. He's the one that, if anyone was going to create chances for, he he nipped in, he played the played the one-two before passing the ball to Dougal. He was creating space on the right and he actually grew into the game, ironically, after being bullied for the first half. So for me, for me, yeah, that's my argument. He started that one game, hasn't he? And he actually looked the best player on the pitch against Derby despite us losing 3-1. He did, and here's, and here's the, the the bigger irony, if you like, is that I'd have absolutely lynched him off at half-time, because like Martin said, he did go missing yeah. that whole first half of 10 or 15, but yeah. Critch clearly said something to him, we started to play through him, and then, you know, OK, we went two down just before we, we brought him off, but he, he just started to try and turn the screw, so... Um, but I think, as a whole, the team, I, I think we're starting to see more confidence in the way that Critch is wanting us to play, so I think Dembele will naturally become more useful and comfortable in that role as well. Um, and, and, and hopefully we, we can see that tomorrow night if we just start him. Yeah, we'll come on to our starting lineup in, in a few minutes. But um, just before talking about the goal, Martin, um, we've we've said it already, um, this man, Albie Morgan, got his criticisms against Charlton, probably more emotive from absolutely my point of view um, in terms of, you know, he having the ball to lose it for, 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 the, for the first goal. But... Um, Outstanding stats and outstanding performances. Played played long balls across the pitch, meaningful long balls, clinical long balls. Twenty nine out of twenty nine accurate passes in eleven minutes. Um, says to me, you know, he only had thirty one touches. Passes into the final third in eleven minutes. He had six. Yeah, for me, for that me, that is amazing. Stats sometimes um, tell you more than the naked eye, don't they? Yeah, and yeah. accurate long balls when he was spraying the ball about seven out of seven. Um, yeah. And he recovered the ball a couple of times within the middle as well. And I appreciate I, every week I go through these stats, but for, for, for Morgan that's played 11 minutes, he's probably been more positive, more impactful and more meaningful he has done all season. When he was starting games, he seems to, you know, he, he, he in my opinion, was him and Dembele really, really did turn the screw because they're where the six or seven shots came from after they came on because they didn't really know how to handle those two players. And like you said, there's a player in there, showed his flair, and they kept him guessing by playing those long balls and intricate passes in the middle. But that, it's an incredible stat, that. To, to, an, away, an away player comes on when your team's 1-0 down with 10 minutes to go to a place like Oxford and has 29 touches the ball or whatever. That's incredible, isn't it? That's, that's, that is, you know, that that is... Some stat that, like I say, you, your naked eye wouldn't tell you that, but looking back at that, it's incredible. Um, like I said, there's a player in there. There's a player in there. He must. He must look at Jensen Weir. He must look at Carey, and he must look at Morgan and say, "If one of you can just step up and string two or three performances together, you've solved my problem." But I need you to do it. I can't just have you coming on for ten minutes doing it and then starting against Cheltenham and being anonymous because that's our problem. We are solid. But we need that extra spark to get us up the pitch and get us to that next level where we are dominating games and winning them comfortably. And you definitely need that third cog in that midfield wheel to really kick in and do it. And so far, nobody's grasped it by the hoods. But it is exciting because one of them will, or somebody else will. So so if Morgan can build on that, it could be his shirt. They must all be thinking, there's a shirt here, lads. Let's, who's going to grab it? It's a great problem to have. Imagine, imagine not having that squad. Imagine having, God, we've only got three central midfielders and that's it like last season. No options, no spark, no hope really in that position. But now we've got players who can just push themselves to that next level. Um, and Morgan might be that one, but because he, he was outstanding, you're right. And and we dominated that last 
10, 15 minutes. They, they, they were holding on. They were on the ropes, Oxford, weren't they? Absolutely on the ropes they were. So, yeah, it's. It, I just hope he builds on it because I'd love him to take that shot. I don't care. Who, we, we're all Blackpool fans. No one cares who plays. As long as they're winning every week and performing, could be any of them. Who cares? Yeah, absolutely. Last last couple of points, really. Um, we'll talk about Jordan Rhodes um, that we do every week in a minute, Hoggy. But um, the silent captain for me and this side this season um, is someone that I didn't really think I'd see a side of over the years with his infuriating tackles away at Southend and his sporadic runs off the ball and probably his, he lost his head a little bit and his, and his quite awful passes in the championship. We're now seeing a player in Hubby, which for me, with Grimshaw and maybe a couple, one or two others, maybe not even one or two others, just one other, he, for me, has to be the first name on this team sheet week in, week out, because I'm seeing a player now which I'm falling even further in love with. If you didn't have either Jimmy Husband previously, you certainly are now, because he's composed, he's a leader, he's shown maturity, a sp- sometimes sparks in games when we needed him in the likes of Port Vale when he drove down the wing and put crosses into the box so on and so forth he's becoming a complete defender for us at League One level yeah I agree um, and you used some really good words there in terms of he's starting to, to really lead from the back you can see it and then that's probably about my only one criticism of him so far this season is he's got, especially at home be more confident to drive down that wing to support Dale who's not in front of him nine times out of ten Um because you know, he'll have Dougal or Norbert who will happily sit in whilst he goes bombing on. And he's got the quality to be able to do it and, and clip a ball over, especially if Kawasi's on the pitch. Um, and as well, he, if you remember back to pre-season, he took a fair bit of stick because his pre-season was utterly horrific. Um, but yeah, we said on here, we, yeah, we was, said on here though, you know, if, dug him out. if you leave it in your pre-season, it's absolutely fine. And that's exactly what he's done. He, he's, he's got better every single game. Um, he's bringing the best out of Casey next to him as well. I'm sure Case is enjoying playing next to someone as experienced as him. Um, and yeah, absolutely. Um, very much one of the first names on the team sheet. But what what he needs to be mindful of as well is yellow cards. He's already on three. And we've got some very big games coming up. Two big away games in Bolton and Pompey coming up. We need James Husband on the pitch for them. So if he could pick up your other two yellows around out the FA Cup game or Shrewsbury at home, something like that, that'd be great. Rather rather than those two away games. Same for Dougal as well. They're both on three. um, And they're two pretty big cogs in our wheel at the moment. So be mindful of that, please, chaps. Um, My last point on uh, Sir Jimmy, um, or last two points, is I don't think I've seen a better-headed assist since Ballard against... um, Ironically, Oxford um, in the playoffs when he flicked it back for for Dougal, that Martin was a from the angle that Blackpool posted was <clears throat> a fantastic ball over to him. He wanted the ball clearly, and he knew exactly what he was doing. And there's no world class sort of thought process behind anything about getting the ball into a danger zone when Jordan Rhodes and, and Shane Lavery in the box, more so the former. But that header was one extremely powerful and 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 extremely well placed for an excellent finish for Jordan Rhodes, who finally got his goal after missing previous to should have having a penalty before he missed that shot from seven yards out. He got his goal in the end and continued his fine form for the Seasiders. Well, you see two rare things there, like like he said in the interview, like a like a a, head, a headed assist from miles away and a diving header. Don't get many diving headers these days, do you? Um, it was brilliant. It was absolute poetry. I loved his interview afterwards, Hubby as well. Um, he's he's very um, he's very deadpan, isn't he? But I, I, I liked his interview. 
And he, do you know what? On a serious point, he actually raised a a, a really a really good point there that, that you know it's not easy to to come from last season when you are getting beaten every week and getting demoralised, especially in your own backyard, I think as well, and just getting turned over and everyone's miserable. To so then the expectation of, be, of trying to become a team of winners because you are expected to do well in this league, and he epitomises that the fact that he's he's a natural born winner husband, but last season he was, you know. Tarred with the same brush of just losing every week, and, and I'm sure it was demoralising for him because he's a he's a winner, um, and and um, it was great to see him get that assist, and and uh, it was well deserved. Like I, said, I love diving headers. You do not get enough diving headers these days. Here, great cracking cracking header, brilliant, great no, moment. And he had he had time to give it to the Oxford fans as well. Although there was little reaction from a. Uh, from that home end, whereas Blackpool fans would have probably been on the pitch at that point, but he did it. He's done that a few times, didn't he? When we, we played the other the other team down the road, he's, he gave it quite a lot, and he and, and I think he just let out his emotion because we did absolutely pepper their goal, didn't we? That last ten minutes, so to finally get the goal at the time we did was was superb. And Hog, are we worried? Rhodes missed some absolute sitters. Um, are we worried about his goals? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> he obviously had a... There wasn't a genuine question. I could have kept a straight face there. But, in all seriousness, um, though, Tom, he'll, he'll be good that he didn't get a hatch on Saturday. He should have well, yeah. track and he'll know it. My last point before we pick our line-up for Cheltenham and just to talk about it is the fact that I actually don't know what he was doing with the chip because... Oh, he's got half of the goal to his left where he could have just volleyed it probably towards more centre of the goal. No, I'm criticising Jordan Rhodes here. And then he's put in behind with Dembele, wasn't he? There? And across from Lavery, which I appreciate was a really hard chance. Um, he missed some he missed some decent chances. Um, more so the the chance where, yes, we should have had a penalty. It was similar to, wasn't it, Wolves versus Man United where Anana absolutely clattered into it. Maybe not as bad, but he's completely missed Lavery and took him out. So should have had a penalty. But secondly, we should have been 1-1 in. Um, 1-1 on the score sheet about one second afterwards when the balls fell to him seven yards out and he's put it over the bar. But um, yeah, I think the funniest part about that is he just points to Lavery after, like really candidly just points to Lavery saying, penalty, please. <laughs> um, but we got our just rewards and of course picked up that important point away from home and we move on to Tuesday. Hoggy, I'll come to you because we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the lineup um just before um just before we end this pod. But Cheltenham are a different side to 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 what we've previously probably expected under under Daryl Clark. Um, although they sit bottom, um, they picked up their first victory against a decent Cambridge side at the weekend. And I know you've seen their goal, but Daryl Clark's a manager that likes to keep the ball pass around quite a lot and create chances. And although they only scored two so far this season, that goal um, came again. Um, that goal was their win, first win of the season against Cambridge. So one, they have a bit of confidence behind them. But previous to that, in the league, they drew they drew to Derby as well. So they they won't be as easy as everyone expects, will they? Um, is this where I completely disagree with you here? Um, Feel free, mate. I, 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 <laughs> my point is, they've got a new manager. They're playing better football, and if they had the same manager previously, I'd expect to win four or five nil. But Daryl Clark's a very intelligent manager, despite his personnel as as ammunition, he's he will be much harder test than, yeah. than previous. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I I get your point fully, Tom. Um, I really do. What I'll say is, if Daryl Clark does think that he can come here with Cheltenham and out footballers at Bloomfield Road, then please be my guest. Um, I think that'll only play into our hands, if I'm quite honest. Um, again, yeah, good point against Derby. Um, fair fair point for them. Um, Cambridge, I think they're in a pretty horrific run as well. Um, I'm glad they got the win out of the way before it was against us. But like I said earlier, I, I don't worry about any team 
Coming to Bloomfield Road to play us, I'd back us every single day of the week. I expect nothing other than a um, a confident performance from us and one that will see us gain three points um, leading into Saturday. Yeah, um, and I'll stay with you. They've got an average possession um, of 41% so far this season and they've leaked, leaked goals all over the place. So they will still have those defensive vulnerabilities. So... I assume the back back four or five um, pick themselves, but we've got some decisions as we've already pointed out um, up top, haven't we? And we could make a wholesale of changes, really, um, especially if Oakley Booth is feeling the effects of Saturday. Um, for me, from where Dembele's gone from Derby in the second half to Charlton away to now um, his performance against Oxford um, with a team that let us have the ball pretty similar to how Stevenage did where we fought for 45 minutes and then earned our right to play the beautiful football that we did against them especially for the third goal for me is this where we make three or four changes up front and we we go for the kill um, Hoggy because if they let us have 60 or 70% of the ball we should be scoring three or four goals in my opinion yeah absolutely absolutely Um, I do I I think Critch will make the changes Um, I think he'll be looking at the next three games in a group and he'll be He'll be seeing nine points. He'll be respectful as he always is, but deep down, I think he'd be absolutely gutted if we don't get nine out, nine points out of the next three games, as most of us will. Um, you know, let, let's be honest. We're playing the t- team bottom of the league, worst away form. We've got them next on Tuesday night. We, we should beat them. Peterborough again. I know they play tomorrow night away, but they've not won in the last four games away from home. Um, and then we've pretty much got a pub team. You know, the following Wednesday night. So you've done it now. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. But the, the players have earned the confidence that, that they've instilled in us, and it should be instilled in themselves with the performances they put in recently. You know, they, they've not picked up three points at Oxford or at Charlton, but they should have done. The performance, you know, was was more than good enough to gain three points. And if they consistently keep doing that and playing the way that we, we have been over the last couple of weeks, then, then we absolutely will beat these sides. We've just got to have the, the ability and the, the belief and the confidence to do that from the very first minute. Um, and again, coming into the, the game on, on tomorrow night again, against Cheltenham, yes, I appreciate Clark might have improved them a little bit, but they are still the same team that were leaking goals left, right and centre and are giving away chances. And if you're going to give those chances and opportunities to, to Jordan Rhodes, Lavery, Kowasi on, on Tuesday night, then we should very much be coming away with three points. Yeah, I completely agree, Martin. And we, we've shown that, and we've already said it, it's, it's not arrogance. It's probably the right, we've earned the right now to to start having swagger to our game and, and really being free. And especially at Bloomfield Road, where although we've lost one, we've been very decent. Um, decent, you know, at playing football, controlling games. And it's our chance to go as high as third tomorrow night and it's a chance we really should put a, an end to the voodoo of, of the midweek torture that we've seen previous to the pandemic wasn't it at Bolton as we were discussing um, pre-pod um, it's been a while since I know we beat QPR but at Bloomfield Road it was Bolton hockey I think you said wasn't it where we picked up our last victory um, Martin but what would you like to see up front uh, for me obviously the main man road test to start but is there anyone else other than Lavery, really, or do we change shape for this game, or do you think we just go like for like and play two up front and just just put Lavery in there? No, I, I agree. Just just um, stick with the same formula. Um, I, I have no problem with Lavery starting um, uh, and go for it. As I say, stamp our authority on the game. This is this is the this is the pressure that comes with being us at this level. This is the sort of game that we need to, as I said before, we need to turn up, dominate, um, and and win comfortably. Um, 
there's you know no doubt about it we have to go for it and and win the game and put and make a statement to say that you know we, we've we I said we use the phrase of the week we're cooking that we are starting to cook and get that kind of formula of a winning side of promotion chasing side together um and I'm I'm an eternal optimist it's my biggest downfall as a Blackpool fan because it always lets you down but honestly I, I I agree with Hoggy I think looking forward this is a sort of game we should dominate I'll be looking to try and beat Peterborough as well and next week against Fleetwood who are a poor side. We should be looking to, to get nine points. Critsy won't look that far ahead, but we can as fans. We can dream. I want nine points. You know, I want nine yeah. points. And I want to start tomorrow with a confident performance where we might be out of sight by half time. I know football doesn't work like that, but but that that should be our ambition. Well, we'd all like to be out of sight. Of course, of course we would. It's job done and we can all we can all just, you know, whatever, just twiddle our thumbs for the second half. But we, we need to get into them and and um, and show that we've got better individual players than them. So so obviously, and it's no disrespect to Cheltenham. I don't I don't mean that disrespectfully. We were a bit like this last season. We were the opposite. Most teams fancied to beat us because we weren't very good. And that's the flip side of of being in this league. It's the only good side about being in this league is that you turn up at Bloomfield over your chest pumped out saying, "Do you know what? We need to win this, and we're going to win this because we're we're better than them." You know, ho- hopefully we it only lasts a season. We get out of it. We can go back I've, to just, I've just realised there's going to be a couple hundred uh, Blackpool fans screaming at me now. We beat uh, QPR on a Tuesday. Was it Tuesday or Wednesday? I can say. Uh, obviously, yeah. under the genius that is Pep McCarthy. Um, <laughs> yeah, in, the, in a very easy victory against QPR, didn't we? In a midweek game of Bloomfield. That was the last victory, of course. But they don't come very often. And I'll correct our incorrect uh, stat from, from previous. But... Um, Hoggy, talk to me about the midfield then. So I assume you want to go for the same same um, lineup at the back. So um, we're going to go with Grimshaw, Pennington, Casey, Husband, Dale Hamilton. Hopefully Norburn's back. So we're just assuming for, for the pod that, that, that um, Norburn is back. Um, does Oakley Booth retain his place and does he potentially drop Tugel or do, do we keep with Tugel and Norburn and go with a different third player? Like, What's your predictions for the midfield if we're going for Lavery and Rhodes up front? Um, I, I wouldn't play Norburn. I'd like to think we've got enough about us as a squad for whoever comes in to, to see us past Cheltenham tomorrow night. And I'd keep one eye on Saturday with, with Norburn playing against his former club, kicking seven lumps out of them in the middle, personally. Um, I'd, I'd be starting Dougal, Morgan and Dembele. And I'd be saying, you know, certainly to Dembele and Morgan, you, you weren't the right in that 15 minutes. Go and put it in across 90. Um, you, we talked about Morgan before it's consistency you can have a you know, cameo against Charlton like he did or a cameo against Oxford you know, the, the opportunity is in your hands if Critch gives him that start so it's, it's up to him then um, and and I'd bring in Lavery as well I'd bring in Lavery for Kwasi up top um, and, I, and I think that'd be more than enough to, to comfortably get past Cheltenham tomorrow night yeah, and rightly so. I think, like you said, we've already said this. We should be confident enough to beat to beat Cheltenham tomorrow. There's no disrespect. I don't want to be those that one of those fans on a podcast with teams like, um, but we absolutely should be if we wanted to to push for those the top two, which I think we absolutely should, as you've already alluded to, Hoggy. That we should, we will be pushing for automatic this season. We shouldn't fear anybody. And now, you know, we we we'll soon be 15, 20 games into the season, and we should get an idea of where we'll be finishing up, especially with January coming in. We should be able to strengthen our team and and be a very consistent side, no matter who we bring in. So I think I think your point is 
you know, is is really decent. And uh, and tomorrow, I think any Blackpool fan, I think any Cheltenham fan, be surprised if they if they didn't lose. But it's certainly one game where we have to stamp our authority to not take them for granted and and really put in a performance as as Martin said, like we did against Stevenage, where we continue to build this momentum because the, the you know we are finding some consistency. So and 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 you said it in one of the chats, didn't you, Hoggy, that if we pick up you know, nine points from the next three, maybe 10 from the next 12. We're in a position where Critchley is really finding some consistency with this side and and he's, and he's been quite calm about it as well, isn't he? But and anything that puts us as, as two steps back tomorrow is going to be, well, somewhat unacceptable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I say, let's let's get carried away. We're fans, we're allowed to, it's fine. We, we, we can win and in my opinion, we should win the next three. We can have a week off and you know enjoy the FA Cup game down at Bromley. Do whatever we need to do down there with a you know a pizza cup squad if that, if that makes sense. And then we can take four thousand fans to Bolton um, and go and give them one hell of a game in their own backyard. We we tend to do pretty well there recently, and you know get good results at Bolton when when they fancy it. And if we've got nine out of nine going into that to that Bolton game, I'd be fancying us all day long. Yeah, absolutely. We'll call it pod just before the hour. Um, Martin, thank you. Um, sounding much healthier this week and look forward to catching up with you after, or in maybe in a few days, to be fair, after after the Cheltenham game. Yeah, no, it's been good not to have to croak all the way through it. That's really good. But yeah, yeah, no, enjoyed it as ever, fellas. Absolutely, Hoggy. Um, I think it's your hat-trick appearance, actually, mate, isn't it? It is. Can I do a score prediction on my hat-trick, prediction, on my hat-trick um, performance? Is that, is that all right? No. You, no. you can, and you can also give us uh, <laughs> a stat about because this is our twentieth episode, and congrats, woohoo! Um, you, who you're going to say wore the twenty shirt, or or, or who played twenty games? I'll, I'll, I'll vote as host of this podcast. You give the listeners um, the only player to play twenty games for us after you give your score prediction. Well, having been as positive as I have been, and it being a Tuesday night game where a win will see us move into the bottom six, I'm confident the score will be Blackpool nil, Cheltenham two. Um, because that's just simply what we do. Um, now, in all seriousness, I, I, same as Stevenage, we'll, we'll win 3-0 tomorrow night. Um, and and on the 20th pod, the uh, the only player to have made exactly 20 appearances for Blackpool FC, fortunately or unfortunately, is the one and only Garner's number one, Richard Kingston. Thanks very much. Good evening, everyone. Oh, yeah.